here we are for episode three totally uninformed joined by george again i think i'm gonna have to Hello. start paying him i've got him on, got him on so much <laughs> and then adri adri how's it going oh yeah good mate how are you yeah i'm all good cheers mate thank you for coming on no thank you for having me no worries mate. um yeah why don't you introduce yourself tell us a little bit about what you do okay well yeah so um i'm adriano ritchie um i'm currently i'm working as a personal trainer uh, it's been a sort of long and winding path to this this career you know i'm 27 years old um i feel like i'm a bit late to the party getting my career but this is this is me now and yeah vision's clear um and i believe um in all modesty i'm, I'm going right to the top so yeah so i'm currently working for a commercial gym um it's great there really good getting some experience behind me um working with a vast array of people um yeah that's sort of where i'm at at the moment there must be a lot of benefits being a personal trainer because when you're at work you're also keeping fit and it must be a good feeling to help other people out who want to go on that journey and you're helping them achieve what they want yeah i mean the job satisfaction is huge you know ultimately you are adding like years to people's lives you know if somebody comes to you and they're overweight um yeah you're turning their life around helping them lose weight helping them create habits that uh yeah ultimately gonna add years to their life make their day-to-day -day tasks easier um, and yeah, of course, the added bonus, like I love doing it myself, so I can just train whenever I want. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, good. No, no complaints my end so far. <laughs> yeah, nice. Just angle that mic down a little bit for me. Yeah, sure. So yeah, how, what's the main reason you think people come to you? Is it just, oh, I thought I wanted to get fit or do they usually come and tell you, I have a specific goal I want you to help me achieve? It's a bit of a mixed bag, really. So you, sometimes you get people with a clear vision in their head. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's very individual. So someone will come, this goal, I want to lose two stone by, by, you know, next month or something, which is unrealistic, might I add. Um, <laughs> yeah, they come to you and they say, I want to lose X amount by X amount of time. Uh, this is good. You can formulate a clear path towards this. Or some people will come to you with, with no direction, you know, just a desire to get moving again. Um, each carry like a different sort of um, skill set you need to implement um but yeah you do get a mixed bag um the most common thing you'll hear across the industry is lose weight tone up i mean to us th this is like a little sort of industry joke you know you, you hear this all the time um but that means you know just get moving lose some body fat build some muscle and uh yeah that's it so if that's if that's the most common reason people come to you for and it's kind of you say it's kind of almost a little joke within yeah you and that industry well if someone said to you give me a reason why I need to get fit and look after my body what would you say the most important reason actually is okay so again it's it's very individual you know how if somebody turns up and, and you can see that you know they, they could do with losing a lot of weight it's the initial things you know looking after the heart looking after the cardiovascular system the joints you know as you get older carrying around extra weight is, is not great for your knees hips ankles etc but um yeah, more so the, the mental health as well. You know, a lot of people struggle with their own appearance. Um, that's going to, like, just make your life a lot better if you're, if you're happy within yourself. So, yeah. That's the biggest thing I get from working out, I think, yeah. is obviously the mental, like, it makes you feel good. Yeah, definitely. In day to day, you sleep better when you're working out, I find. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's important to be... Because, like, I see, because your Instagram page, what Adriana, body and mind, That's isn't it? That's it, yeah. 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 Do you think, 
one's more important than the other or do you think they're both equally as important because i was um i was reading an article saying about if you're in a stressful place your body's less likely to look after itself and its immune system's going to go down so okay. do you think they're both equally as important uh yeah so i take a very holistic approach so i like to do treat everything as equal like you know kind of this yin yang sort of thing mm. everything uh, body mind spirit all all trained as a whole um again some people are not bothered some people's mental health is spot on they don't want that aspect they just want to get moving some people this is the primary reason i mean personally for me it's i'd say it's the primary reason i exercise habitually um but you know the um anatomical changes they're just a pleasant side effect for me um so yeah, but you again, it's about being adaptable um, and to what people need. But yeah, I, it's definitely a consideration when I'm writing a program for somebody for sure. Mm. How do you how do you get across to someone how important it is to keep their mind healthy and what what do you kind of tell them to do or does it come in twos where if you stick to a routine, your mind's going to naturally become healthier? Yeah, yeah, I think um, it's the uh, you know, working hard and pleasure reward of things, you know, so you do something habitually, you cre create a habit, you reward yourself in some way, you know, I've, I've said to myself, I'm going to work out three times this week, I have, I'm going to have a little cube of chocolate or something or some, some small reward, maybe not a cube of chocolate, but <laughs> yeah, no, don't go and nail a whole pizza or something, but something, you're just small, um, even just being kind to yourself saying, yeah, I did well this week. Um, yeah, that's that sort of thing. Yeah. Helps you motivate yourself. Yeah, help, helps you keep keep on track, keep accountable. Yeah, nice. When I think about keeping your body fit, all that comes to mind for me straight away is going to the gym and doing doing that type of stuff. Um, the stuff you're more likely to see on Instagram, weights and exercises in the gym scenario. Yeah. I saw some something interesting on your Instagram. Was it was it yesterday where you were with two other people in a yeah. in a cold river? sitting yeah. in there for how long were you in there for so um i'm sure some of the listeners will be aware of a guy wim hof um, he's a dutch guy he's he's been smashing world records left right and center you know climbing everest at a pair of shorts swimming 50 meters under uh, polar ice caps um being he's... submerged in ice for two two hours you know he's like breaking boundaries of what people thought was humanly possible you know i've always been been a bit of a pussy when it comes to the cold and i have reynard so it's <laughs> slow circulation like right now my hands are, are ice as it is you mm -hmm. know so i've always thought like i admire wim hof and and people who practice his techniques but i'll observe it from afar and <laughs> but like two friends from work they're they're really into it and we have a spa at work as well so you know we always go to the sauna and then cold shower after and i thought you know what you know i'm really into it i'm reading about it. i'm telling people about these methods i'll give it a try so we went down to um, Nafford Lock, which is about, probably about 10 minutes from here. Yeah, 10 yeah, minutes, near Pershaw. <laughs> um, seven o'clock, Sunday morning. We went down there. Uh, it was cold, yeah, yeah. It was cold. As we were walking down, we were sort of looking at the water. And because and it's been wet recently, the water level was really high. The water was rumbling and there was still a little bit of ice around, you know. So I was thinking... I'm probably just going to stand on the side and watch these guys go <laughs> in now. Um, but yeah, I thought we we're here su Sunday morning, seven o'clock. I've, I've made the effort to get out of bed and get here. So um, yeah, we, we got up Wim Hof's guided breathing. So we did 10 minutes of breathing. Uh, his techniques are, so like a deep inhalation, fill your chest, then your head, and then let it go. So don't focus on the, the exhale, just, just let, let it go. Um, so yeah, we did that for 10 minutes. 
does get you into a sort of trans phase like you know you're a bit in a bit of a trance um so yeah we we did that and then went in and it was cold yeah <laughs> it felt like it was biting for yeah after about a minute or so you feel like the water's biting you and you know that's when your body says what on earth are you doing get out of here um but yeah so we persevered for a bit i, I probably did about two and a half minutes um a friend was out just after me and then uh, the other person stayed in probably five minutes and then got out ran on the spot for a bit and then went back in for some more um but yeah that is um the health benefits associated with cold exposure i think they've been long known i think they're just more documented now thanks to, to women and other people um but yeah ice baths that's been done for for a long time after a, you know a game of football or rugby play athletes will jump in a in an ice bath so it's uh, meant to reduce inflammation of the muscles also uh immune support as well supposedly and uh you, you do feel quite euphoric actually once you've regained the feeling in your hands and your feet uh it, it is quite a euphoric feeling actually so yeah that was that <laughs> how i guess um immune support and improving that's something that really needs to be pushed at the moment because, yeah. because covid's going around and because people have been in lockdown so long and everyone's wearing masks and catching less i can't remember was it 2020? I don't think I caught a cold all of that year. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I felt ill all of that year because I was proper protecting myself. So surely my immune system's then gone down in how well it can protect me. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a really important thing to push. And we were talking about uh, why the government hasn't pushed it. That's we? right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, bit of a gripe of mine, actually. So throughout this whole thing, you know, I used to watch the news a lot. Now, I'll be honest, I, I don't pay much attention to it. Um, just got got on top of me you know doom and gloom all the time and i thought i've got other things i want to focus on but not once did i see a government representative come on and say during this worldwide health pandemic go and exercise go and eat healthily not once and i'm not aware that it's happened i mean correct me if i'm wrong anybody i, I would welcome seeing it uh, but i don't think it's happened really so there was there was that phase where the, um, the UK government were trying to push push exercise like um when Matt Hancock he was out he was out running but I feel like a reason they don't push it is because they know it's going to get a bad response I feel like people don't want to be told what to do and you you must experience this in your in your job where people don't want to be pushed they don't mm. want inconvenience so I guess from the government's point of view because they'll look at it because obesity causes the NHS so it costs them so yeah. much money each year but it's so hard to push because what my only memory of Matt Hancock winning is all the memes that were made yeah, about it. Yeah, and there actually is um, I saw there is a new government scheme coming out that's being trialed this January, giving obese adults in the UK um, it's just going to be trialed in a certain area. It didn't say what area it was, giving them a sort of Fitbit okay. device yeah. to encourage them to go out and then. But the first article I read on it was um. Who was it? I think it was the Daily Mirror. It was the title of it was Brits to be bribed to get fit. Okay. And it's just I feel like the people people don't like to be told what to do. Yeah. How could how do you think the government should push it forward? Because if they just say get healthy, people will be like, oh, I don't like the government. I don't like Parliament. I don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. I think education is the best way of doing it by sort of letting people know the the benefits and um of of living healthily. And, you know, it's going to, everyone's scared of COVID or was scared of COVID at some point. 
And if they were to come out and say like some with some concrete evidence saying that being healthy will reduce your risk of, of dying ultimately from this, I think people would listen, you know, there was sort of like mass hysteria at one point where everything was being believed that was being told. So why not feed a bit of good information? Um, yeah, but, uh, without sounding like a conspiracy theorist too much, I think, you know, it's not profitable to have a population where everybody's healthy. So, Well, they don't think that. Yeah. Because surely it could be. Wow. That's, uh, I don't know. It, yeah, it's like I said, without sounding like a conspiracy theorist, I don't, I don't think... It, you know, they make too much money from from p big farm from people being ill and, yeah. and everything you know these governments that they're in back pockets everywhere but yeah i don't want this conversation to get tapped and <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's uh yeah it is true what you're saying though a lot of big companies out there don't want to push the healthy agenda um and of it's big chains like mcdonald's you want them as prominent in the uk as possible yeah so the gov if the government come out and say stay healthy and don't eat bad it's going to be so bad for so much big companies. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. The government, why would they do it? Yeah, they got so much. Comp they're going to lose the support of so many companies, and and the tax revenue that those companies bring in. You can't argue with stuff like that. You know, McDonald's are a prominent figure in every single town. Several in each town. Yeah, their tax revenues they probably do a lot of good as well, but they do, food does a lot of bad. So, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. That's right. <laughs> away from the conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Away from the conspiracy side of it. Yeah. So how how long have you been a personal trainer for? So I qualified in um August last year. Uh I did an online course with a with a very good provider. Um would highly recommend them to anyone if uh if they were interested. They're very thorough. Um yeah, very supportive. So I I sort of worked my way through that whilst I was working full time on a construction site as well. Um, I'd come home, sit in front of the laptop for a couple of hours, do some reading. Um, and yeah, I, I did my exam in, in August past and then I had uh, my current job by October. Sort of tested the water with a few friends first, just, you know, seeing if I was I was up to it and then applied for this job and got it. And here I am. Yeah. Happy days. Yeah. Who was that provider? Uh, Ori Gym. Ori Gym. Ori Gym. Yeah. Ori Gym. Ori Gym, yeah. Oh, nice, right. nice little play on words they've <laughs> yeah. done there as well. But yeah, very good, very thorough, um, very interactive, you know, videos, text, um, mm. webinars, etc. So yeah, very thorough. And then practical assessments, workshops, all, all of that. So yeah. You were doing your own thing on the side as well, weren't you? Yeah, I was, do I was doing um, a couple of my friends. I have a home gym. Yeah, I was just doing a couple of them in there. Um, just testing my coaching skills, really. That's the one thing I would say maybe that that doesn't get taught you know you learn a lot about anatomy physiology exercise all, all that but you don't actually learn how to coach somebody and i think that's a skill that is is quite difficult to refine so this is where your interpersonal skills come in a lot um this is what i believe will, will take me right to the top of the industry because i have that relatability you know some people i'm not claiming to know everything and every day there's an opportunity to learn and i, I love reading articles i love reading journals but I won't say that I know everything. If you ask me something, I'd happily hold my hands up and say, actually, I don't know the answer to that right now. But it's, it's the um, coaching skills that really set you apart. And you've got to be able to market yourself. There's, there's a lot, lot of aspects to becoming successful in this industry. Mm. Yeah, marketing's, marketing's a big point of it, isn't it? How do you think you, what's your main marketing tool to get yourself out there at the minute? So at the moment, yeah, I'm using Instagram, um, just trying to, 
sort of build a brand so people get to know my ideologies my you know what's important to me um it's early days of it but i'm getting nice exposure on on my videos and nice reactions so yeah i think that will that will just continue to grow organically um but yeah i just want to set a clear view of what i'm trying to build and bring to the table mm. yeah it's definitely important <clears throat> brands like yours are out there that are pushing a 100% positive message yeah trying to get people in the right place and going back to how you became qualified yeah we we talked about this um pretty much on every podcast the the motivation to if you're not um happy in your current job to go out there and find something new what what was it for you in your building job where you thought obviously you're already into (laughs) fitness where you thought right I, I want to be a personal trainer, so in my spare time, I'm going to dedicate that to yeah. working it out and getting qualified. Um, yeah, the, there were a lot of aspects. I mean, construction was something for me that, um, yeah, it, it's great, but it's not for me. Like, you know, it's something that I sort of found my way into whilst in Australia, which I'm sure we'll, we'll delve into later. But I sort of came back to the UK mid-COVID and thought, I've, had, I've got like a year or so's construction experience behind me loads of places are shut down Let, let's get into construction do that you know the money's good mm. um so i was doing that but yeah it's it's just not for me yeah like cold <laughs> dirty <laughs> yeah. um yeah i don't know it was you know i was going to work and not enjoying being there just going for the paycheck mm. um no minimal job satisfaction so I, i'd always thought I would like to do something ultimately with fitness but at this time actually I wasn't in great shape myself so I I thought it was on the back burner it was always on my mind but then I sort of got the ball rolling with it and that was when I really committed to it but it was a tiring period of time you know I was working 45 hours plus a week mm. like physical work like running around and then coming home sitting in front of the laptop it it was it was very draining time um but yeah I had that had that desire to do it so yeah, and it's it's really exponentially changed my life for the better. So, so yeah, yeah, amazing. You've had um you've had a few ups and downs, haven't you? I have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, you uh, oh, what was it? It's on your Instagram. You where you're on a podium. Mm. So how how old are you now? Twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven. And how old were you when you were up on that podium? And what was that for? So I was um sixteen years old, and that was at the FISEC Games. So it's an IOC recognized competition. Uh, it was in Portugal, the one that I did. Um, and yeah, I ran 400 meters and came second in this competition. Also, the 4x400 um, anchored that and we came third. So yeah, that was, that was really the highlight of my, um, my sporting career as such. Yeah, let, I'll get that picture up. If you yeah, want. sure. Is it, it's on the body of your mind. That's one, the isn't one, it? mate. Yeah. So here you are. There we go. Which one's you? Second yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but then obviously from here um because this this was the start of your instagram page um yeah and a big message um i'll encourage everyone everyone obviously to go and check it out yeah a big message on a motivation so how how did we go from (laughs) second on the podium um to this character we see here where who who's not in good shape no two bottles of well two petrol jerry cans of (laughs) cider in his hand (laughs) yeah sort of yeah it's it's a it's a whirlwind story how it how it got to that and 
Yeah, uh, I'm sure my, my mouth will dry out long before I get to the, the crux of that, but it's um, a series of doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, a long series of physically doing physically nothing. Doing nothing. Um, no sort of direction, no aspirations. So if you can imagine, I went from that, you know, the peak of physical fitness on a podium at an international competition, mm. training six times a week, sometimes competing twice a week, you know, really putting my body through it. Um, I was probably eating about within the region of 4,000, 4,500 calories a day. And Just, what's the recommended intake to balance that? Uh, well, yeah, th I don't know. That's a difficult one. It, it varies a lot. Yeah. But, um, there are a lot of tools out there to calculate for, for an individual. What about yours? Right now? Your recommended, well, your average, now you're fit and healthy. Oh, what, what I what's eat now? It? Yeah. Probably about, around 3,000. Yeah. But yeah, I'm working out a lot. But yeah, th mm. this time, you know, I was eating 4,500 4, calories a day, training it all off. And yeah, as, like, I must have weighed about 70 kilos there. There was nothing to me, just, just lean. Um, so yeah, I, I went to uni and I dropped athletics immediately and picked up a slightly less healthy habit uh, to, to fill my time. And so yeah, continued eating in, in the way that I always had, you know, it, it was habit. I got used to it. I conditioned myself to, you know, eat these huge amounts of protein and all this and that. Um, but the uh, key factor was the, the huge lack of activity. So eating all of that and, and doing nothing um, also throw another few factors into the mix and that's how you end up like that. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So you didn't necessarily go out there and eat junk food and just go completely off the rails on food. It's kind of, you stuck to your diet, but yeah. you just didn't, had no exercise to balance it that's with. That's it. Yeah. Well, initially, anyway, initially it was that. And, and then, yeah, it did become junk food, alcohol, all of the above. And yeah. Uh, quite a, a long period of you know it's a very hazy time of my life i mm. i struggle to i have a really great memory i almost photographic i'd say but this period of time in my life is you know it's not something that i can recollect very easily i don't know whether it's because i chose to shove it back to the back of my mind you know brush it under the rug not done with it but yeah it's something i struggle to but yeah this time probably six months or so I barely left the house there was a period of really dark times you know barely left the house um waking up and the sun had already set you know getting out of bed thinking okay what do I do like just yeah on on a huge cocktail of SSRIs so like antidepressants as well which which strip you of any personality or motivation any of this you know and another side effect of those is actually weight gain. So you could put it down to that as well. But I, I think it's the sedentary lifestyle and, and, and lack of doing anything that, that led me to that ultimately. Yeah, I guess that'll help you relate with people more easily who are in that position where... Because you, you must have knew the shape you were in and the condition oh, you were yeah. in and, and where you were mentally. And I... I guess it's so tough to say to yourself, right, no, this is changing. It doesn't just yeah. work like that, does it? No. Yeah, obviously I was aware. I was, wasn't in denial. I'm not looking at myself going, oh, damn, you look good today. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to, yeah, I used to hate my reflection. And it's hard to say, but I did. I hated it. And like, there was only so long that I could cling on to who I used to be, you know, 
the guy who was amazing at sports, clever at school, blah, blah, blah. That only sort of carried me so far. And I sort of looked in the mirror one day and was like, this is you now. Um, and yeah, had to make a change, had to. Otherwise, yeah, you, you don't know where, what sort of situation or if, if I'd have even been here really, like the sort of self-destructive way of life. So, yeah. Did you make that realisation while at uni or was all of uni just... No, no, that this timeline of events is, is chaotic to say the least. It was a, a, a university, a dropout, a couple of years of, of limbo back home, back to uni, dropped out again. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a real like train wreck of a few years. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, re- it's, yeah. it's inspirational to hear the fact you're talking about this such a, where you were in such a bad place and it was a train wreck and you yeah. know, you've dropped out of uni twice Yeah, and then looking in front of me, just such a, a fit person. And obviously, um, I've spoke to you before and you're in such a good place mentally. Yeah. Where, how do you think you... When was it you made that switch? How long were you in that condition of unhappiness? Oh, long time, mate. Long, long time. It's, you know, it's not, it actually, like when I look back and I've got very analytical minds, I do try and, like I said, I brush this period of time under the rug a little bit, but often I do give it, give it some thought. Uh, I think there was quite a bit of correlation between when I stopped doing exercise, like athletics and, and this, this happening. But not to the the full extent, like the the darkest time, probably, yeah, maybe nine months or so of real real struggle, you know. Um, it was it was about that, and it's always stuck with me. I mean, it's it's a phrase that you hear a lot if you you know look at motivational things, and it's it's been recycled a lot, but for good reason, you know. Rock bottom is a is a solid foundation to build upon, you know. <laughs> so when you've hit rock bottom, which is a place that I'm quite familiar with after this, these periods of time. Uh, yeah, it's a solid foundation to build upon. And I sort of flushed everything away, all the medication. I wouldn't recommend anybody to do this, uh, but it worked for me. Uh, laced up my dusty running shoes and took myself out for a run. And it was hard work, mate. 117 kilos, pounding the pavement. Um, <laughs> it was difficult, yeah. But, but running was the constant that you know I could do, put my headphones on go out at times where you're not going to be seen by many people and just get it done and uh yeah that was that was the thing that dragged me out of the depths for sure did you did you immediately stick with that routine no no definitely not like so at this time it was you know trying to knock on sorry at this time it was trying to like knock all the other bad habits on the head as well as trying to make a change it's not it wasn't like a clean break this lifestyle to, to the new one so yeah I fell in and out of it a bit but yeah it, it was the constant activity that got me to yeah got me out of it hmm. when you obviously you don't look back on them times too much but if you could go back now and talk to yourself when you were in that state what would you say <laughs> yeah. to that man I'd have a lot of words for that young man um yeah I, I would say I'd be hard on myself say get the fuck out of bed <laughs> get up do something, you know, failure is a, as a result of constant activity. My constant activity was doing nothing. And these toxic habits, um, getting to the top requires constant activity too. So do something, wake up, set the alarm, drag yourself out of bed, and do something productive. 
you know the world's waiting for you to do something great you know you've got one chance on this earth to go and get it yeah yeah well that so get me out of bed <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would definitely get me out of bed yeah she said that was my alarm yeah. actually in the morning like oh, that would actually work you should make alarms yeah <laughs> <laughs> branching out <laughs> sell your alarm clock get the fuck out of bed <laughs> <laughs> no that would be good what do you say to people who come to you and say do people ever come to you and say um that they're struggling to get out of bed and kind of umming and ahhing about whether to actually take personal training on. How do you get across to them that it's the right thing to do and they need to find it within themselves to get motivated and get fit? That's a good question. So there's um, a phase, like it's like a diagram um, within the fitness industry of different phases people go through. There's like the uh, acknowledgement phase. So, you know, okay, I've got a problem or there's something that needs to be addressed. And there's the uh, acclimation. So, right, I'm going to do something about this. And then there's the action. So the fact that they've brought themselves to, to me, they're already wanting to do something, you know. They just need the guidance um, in what direction to take it. So, yeah, I do get that a lot. And uh, But, yeah, the fact that they're standing in front of me or on the other end of the phone means that they've given it a lot of thought before. Yeah. Mm. What, do you, what point do you think you'd say to people who who aren't at that stage. You see, um, when you, one common thing that's said so much is clean your room. The first step, clean your room, start sorting yourself out. But that people who can't even convince themselves to do that and they're just happy being the way they are and not being motivated, how would you say, what switch do you think you could make in them? In, in people who aren't motivated to do it? or Yeah, so in people who, when, you know, like what I was saying about cleaning your room and stuff like that, who aren't even motivated to do that and can't see the reason why, like they're thinking, I'm happy in my life now, I can do the day-to-day activities, but they are an unhealthy person. It's, it's a difficult one, that is, you know, because if they already don't want to, uh, let, let's, let's be honest with each other, personal training, is a, it's a premium product, it's expensive, mm. you know. If I don't want it, I'm not going to pay somebody to do it already. So that's a really hard sell. Um, unless a doctor has said to them, you need to do something. Mm. I think this person would be pretty pretty close to un- unreachable. You know, if they definitely don't want to and they've got it in their head. If they're in the gym environment, gently give them pointers. Mm. Um, might, might get them to see the value of, of your service. But yeah, if they're like, Joe Public on the street, and and I approached them and said, "Hey, do you want personal training?" <laughs> I'd expect a very hostile response. Were, yeah. What if they were just listening now? What would you say to them? Good question. Um, I'd say look look at my story and and many others like me story. You know, going from the depths of of despair and obesity and healthiness, and you know, like. I often reflect on it whether I would have actually still been here and it's something that does does I do ponder a lot you know there's only so long you can keep up unhealthy habits uh make a change try aim for longevity make your mark on the world do something good and being healthy is going to aid that process mm. definitely yeah just on about your unhealthy habits something interesting you said to me was weed in your life became yeah. an unhealthy habit yeah we, how how do you think it became an unhealthy habit? Because for me and for many people out there, I think of weed and I think of smoking it every night, even every couple of days and doing it to get things done or to chill out with your mates. How does it become that unhealthy habit? I think if you're 
personality is that way inclined um like i know mine definitely is if i like something i'll do it to excess you know um it started off social having a laugh you know enjoying a giggle and bag of cheetos or something and and then it progresses to you know you meet up with your mates you have a smoke everybody goes home and i'm still rolling up another one before bed you know it's like that need when it becomes a need um and then yeah quite quite a a harsh realization came to me one day that i thought to myself anything i can do not stoned i can do better stoned and this this was a real problem because i was i was lying to myself saying yeah i can go for a run stone that would be a great idea or you know and it was just waking up every single day before like my body had even had chance to go okay it's monday it's this bang bong bang spliff this this you know you it was even... it was it was relentless like it really was. you weren't even lying to yourself that's actually what you thought you just i did think that yeah and yeah i did think that i'm not, I'm not gonna say no. by any stretch of the imagination I, b- I believe it to be true now of course it can can aid people creatively and, and it can do a lot of good for a lot of people but personally for me it was yeah very um unhealthy habit to to be uh wrapped up in for for a long period of time mm. Mm. i think it's important to be honest with yourself yeah so you you were able to look at that and think i'm i'm lying to myself saying oh i'm only getting stoned because it i get better at stuff yeah and you're looking in the mirror and saying actually i'm lying to myself i need to be honest this habit is not good for me and i know it's not yeah yeah it's hard to but it's hard to step out of that yeah it's such a difficult thing definitely but like i don't regret that in as such you know we it, it it took me some places, you know. I've I've had some great times. Um, several trips to Amsterdam, several festivals where I've met amazing people. You know, connecting with people, you know, from all all walks of life, sharing a joint with them, having a chat, listening to music. Don't get me wrong, it, it like I do look back on it quite fondly in a way. Um, mm. but I'm glad the the sort of the book is closed on that one because it became very damaging for my mental health towards the end, like extremely damaging. So yeah yeah uh yeah um i have a lot of support for weed but i think it's just important to be honest with yourself and know actually what uh, the reasons i'm smoking is not the right reasons and i need to and i need to tone back because uh the big image on weed is oh no it's just it's just chill and um because it's illegal you only ever hear positive things about it's rare to hear negative stories about weed that you can relate to and feel are true yeah I can, I can relate. give you some if you want. I can relate to your <laughs> first one. Yeah. I, I remember thinking that, yeah, everything I'm doing when I'm stoned, because it feels better, it feels like you're doing it better. <laughs> but um, now I sm- still smoke weed quite regularly, but um, instead of that um, frame of mind where I think I'm doing it better, I will get myself set up to do a task in the evening. Like, I, I'll smoke it on my own quite regularly, and that's probably when I like smoking it the most. When I'm set up to do a task that's fairly straightforward and I've got late I've laid out I've got a planned how I'm going to do it that's when I'll have a little spliff and let me carry carry me through the process of doing yeah. it because okay. I enjoy I enjoy the process of doing it but um not every day so like a little what sort of task like you you plan so, something out and yeah then say I'm and then just painting something at okay, home yeah, say yeah. I'm building something obviously yeah. the majority of like say I'm building something then the, the foundations will go in first but then when there's like easy tasks that just like take a little while to do that are just monotonous 
I'll put on some music and have a little spliff and yeah. let it just ride out. And it, often the feed, the weed will fade away and I'll just carry on going. And Sounds very pleasant. Have another <laughs> yeah, I, I found a happy medium with that's, weed. That's good. Yeah, um, that's something I've, I've always struggled with. This <laughs> <laughs> it's um leave Just it out leave it on the floor. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, this this happy medium concept is, is something of like in a in a way I think I've probably got that with exercise now. I do it a lot like you know, if it wasn't a healthy habit, it would it would be it would be bad the amount I'm exercising, you know. I'm putting my body through a lot. I'm spending a lot of time doing it. So yeah, this this happy medium is something I've I've always I've always struggled with. Yeah. Yeah. You're an all or nothing kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you balance your physical welfare with mental? Do you do things like meditation and try and look after yourself? That yeah, way? I do. I've I've recently started um, doing yoga. Actually, it's it's amazing. I rec- I know it's a bit of a it's a weird one. Not a lot of males are are into it really. I know it, in this day and age more more so, but it's still something that is a lot of males wouldn't consider. Or, but it's it's actually amazing the you know stretching out your body, breathing techniques, meditation. It, it's really good for you um i do do some meditations but more so i i just give myself allotted time to just chill out and um do what i whatever i want to do whether that be have a game of chess listen to some music or, or something like that you know i if anything crops up in my head where i think well, this could be a problem i, I nip it in the bud straight away mm. by some sort of self-care so yeah. yeah yeah nice do you ever try and actively not engage in certain things so i my i always feel not that i have mental health <laughs> issues or anything like that so i don't want you to take, i don't want it to sound like it's the extreme but if i come home and i watch three episodes of something on netflix i will feel nowhere near as good as if i come home and do something active and stay away from my phone stay away from the social media the internet and yeah. my tv i will feel so much more positive do you try and actively avoid tasks like that what like, such as yeah such as going home and straight away sitting down and watching telly or yeah yeah um i do but but sometimes i don't yeah i'm I'm guilty of that sometimes you know i get in and i also have another job as well which is it's physical and when i get home from that i just want to sprawl on the sofa for a little while before they can then crack on with what i have planned for the evening you know programming or whatever um but yeah it, it, the the biggie for me is first thing in the morning so um waking up in the morning the alarm clock going off um which is goes off early doors these days and it's the temptation to turn the alarm off and then go on the phone scroll through the new social media which often can have some some negative connotations on y- your brain doesn't need that first thing in the morning so um if i do turn my f- turn my alarm off get spotify and get some music on crack on with what i need to do um but yeah, we all need our downtime. Yeah, when you mm. come home from a, from a hard day's work, if if you want to watch Netflix, yeah, so be it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it is also your your work's so physically demanding. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna arrive home and you've you've already accomplished so much well being. Yeah, that it kind of it kind of bounces up. But what you do programming as well, do you? Yeah, so that's what I was going to mention. Then actually, there's quite a lot more to personal training than than meets the eye. You know. Um, it seems like a great career to to a lot of people and you know in the gym um helping people but there's a lot of work involved you know when when i broke down my hourly rate for the amount of work i put in for one client so not just delivering the session mm. it's the consultation phone call 20 30 minutes 
uh, it's to program him. So I, I write them a program, which there's a big difference between a workout and a program. A workout is what you're gonna do on the, on the day. A program is, you know, clearly a clear vision towards a goal. So it could be four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, and that will be everything that they're doing. So their gym workouts, their steps, their nutrition, and that takes a lot of time, hell of a lot, more than delivering the session. So yeah, I have a lot of programming and I'm often tied up doing that. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. I, w- when you originally said programming, I was thinking computer programming. Yeah. Like you're coming home from change, <laughs> putting some code no, no, into your computer. I wish. <laughs> what about you, Web? How do you balance your fitness with work? Because obviously when me and you are in the same job, when we're at yeah. work, it's not very physically demanding. We're sat down a lot at computers. Well, there are times where we are really active, but if when those t- those days where we are sat down, I w- I will often go and do some exercise after work. Or recently, I've been going to do the exercise, like Adri says, early in the morning, first thing. And I always find it's easier to wake up earlier than you'd normally wake up. So if you set your alarm a little bit earlier than you'd normally wake up, I seem to get straight out of bed because I've got a reason to get out of bed, and yeah. it's often to go swimming or go to the gym before work. Um, but yeah, I always try, I'm, I'm naturally quite active. Even if I'm not going to the gym or doing exercise, I'll be, I'll find myself, I'll have my dinner and I'll be walking around the house and I'll be doing different things. I'm constantly up and about playing with the dog. I'm not very, yeah, I'm not very good at (laughs) relaxing and, but that, that there's a benefit to that and there's obviously downsides to it, but, um, I'm always moving enough so that when I hit the pillow, I'm flat out Mm. kind of thing. And I know when I'm not, if I'm not, then, and I'm not sleeping well, I recognize it and realize I haven't been active enough lately. It's a big part mm. of um, my mental health anyway. I always feel like a, a different person in the morning. I'll go to bed and I'll set my alarm for like, after talking to Adrian, I'll be like, fucking hell, I better get off out of this. And I'll set my alarm and in the morning, I'll, like, and I'll be so motivated to do it at night. And in the morning, I'll just be like, oh, no way am I getting up and I'll snooze it every time. I'll snooze it. Every it's that time. first time doing it. That's the hard bit. Mm. But it's like packing your gym bag. And what I find works for me if I'm going swimming or if I'm going to the gym is packing that bag the night before and then setting the alarm. And if you need it, two alarms afterwards. So 6.30, 6.31, 6.32. Right, I really wanted to get out of bed there and then. So I'm getting up and I've got my bag. All I need to do is throw on whatever I'm wearing. That's kind of what works for me. Mm. The, the best tip I could, could offer on that sort of thing, and this, this is a real good life hack. If you if you struggle getting up in the morning, don't get me wrong, I've been there. Um, if you set your alarm, and whether it be on your phone or on an alarm clock, put it out of reach. So like, uh, yeah. for example, if you have a bedside table, definitely don't put it there because the temptation is alarm rings, fuck off, fuck off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when, when that alarm rings, you know, if it was way over there on, on a table or something, or even like, if you really struggle, put it in like a, a cryptic little place, like in your backpack or something. <laughs> and then you've got to get up. And then when you get up, if if you really want to go back to bed, you're already stood up. You've probably put the light on to try and locate your phone. You're halfway there. So that one, I'm probably going to use that. Try it, man. Definitely. Because yeah. I, I will often have those three alarms going. Laura's asleep in bed. Yeah. So she's getting frustrated. And there are times where like I've stayed up later than I normally would. I wanted to go swimming or I wanted to go to the gym. And yeah, I'm just hitting snooze, hitting snooze. It, and then I go into the app and I'm like, fuck all of them off. <laughs> <laughs> Set another one for eight o'clock. <laughs> but um, that's a good idea, yeah. It, yeah, it's good. I'm going to use that. Try it, yeah. Nice one. Yeah, that is some really good advice. <laughs> yeah. I feel like setting my, I always set 
say I was to get up at 6.30, I'd then set one for like um, 6.40, 7, and then like 1 at 8, which is like I've slept through both and need to get up. Yeah, no. But I feel like having them on, every time my one at 6.30 goes off, I'll be like, I'll wait for the one at 8. Like yeah. knowing that that's there. Yeah. But it, yeah. But what you're saying is minute after minute. I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. If I want to get up early for for something that I know I won't want to do in the morning. But what I've noticed with you is you're really punctual or good with time if it's an early for work. So if, if you've got to be up at like six o'clock for us to leave, you're never late. No. So you're good at it. You're good at getting up for work. Obviously, why not so much? doing something that you don't have to do that's the problem isn't it it's almost like i put in <laughs> the minimal amount of effort so if i've got to be at work for nine and i know i have to leave at 20 to 20 to 20 to nine yeah then i'll and i've got my alarm at half six i'll be like, in the morning i'll be like ah oh. but if i if i got up at 10 past eight that's enough time to have a shower brush my teeth and feed the cats and i'll skip breakfast it's like i'll just in the morning i'll want to do the minimal amount yeah but like i think putting your phone away is actually <laughs> yeah. really good advice because i once i was once i'm stood up i'd probably be like come on jay you cannot get back yeah in and bed having now. a solid plan of as to what you're going to do before work because obviously then you're you're up then you don't just want to just be potting around having a coffee or whatever or mm. if you've got a plan as to what you're going to do that's going to make you fall asleep sooner so then you're happy getting up early the next day then make that plan and you know, I always think done. as well, you know, like sometimes like you touched on it there, George, you know, like you get up for work with ease, you get up for, for things you want to do with ease. You know, it's like that old thing, you know, when you, most flights are at ungodly hours, aren't they? You yeah. often have to leave for the airport at like two to be on a flight by four, but you wake up with a spring in your step at those. Yeah, it's I think it's a little bit about giving yourself that excitement in day to day life to get up and think. Oh, I'm catching a flight today. Yeah, I'm going to be up regardless. You know, you will be up. Um, try and create something that is is exciting. Not as exciting as getting a flight, but, you know, something do you think, oh, and I need to be up at this time and, and I want to be up at this time. Yeah. yeah. A friend of ours, Joel, um, had a cool one. He just, he didn't, he wasn't that bothered about exercising really hard in the morning, but he set his alarm. I think he had to be at work for something like seven. So it was early anyway, but he set his, I think it was five o'clock or 20 past five every morning. And his re sole reason was to just go for a walk, like yeah. a 20 minute walk. Yeah. And it was in the summer. So he was getting the sunrise. Nice, um, yeah. And he said like, he'd never felt better. Like he was like getting up, just put on whatever clothes he had on the floor or what yeah. he had planned and just walked for like half an hour every single really morning. Good. Mate, walking hugely underrated. Yeah. Hugely underrated. Um, yeah, it's something I've I've started doing probably for the last six months or so. After every heavy meal, I do fifteen to thirty minutes walk. Um, helps with digestion, but also yeah, it's a great head clearer as well. Walking and it's a good non strenuous form of cardio. It's a great way. You know, some people can't pound a treadmill or nail sprints on a bike, but walking with, without realizing, you know, in this thirty minutes, I'll probably walk three k or so over seven days. You know, three k you weren't going to move. Yeah, it's otherwise. 21 kilometers that I otherwise would have sat long? And, and festered on my on a full stomach. So yeah, how long do you have to wait after you've eaten? So I just, just go immediately straight yeah, away. Put, yeah. put the dish in the dishwasher and yeah, pop the shoes on and out out you go. I think that's one of the reasons I can keep weight off quite naturally. Is I'm up and about in the house, so I'll I'll eat my big dinner, but I'm not one to then collapse on the sofa. 
I'll, I'll be walking around, going yeah. outside, doing that, and but yeah, yeah. There are there are studies done on it. Definitely, it's it's a common technique used by people who are trying to cut for like a bodybuilding competition. You know, to get that really lean look. Um, walking after meals. Yeah, it's, it's a is it tried and proven method. Nice. Yeah. Um, can we take a short break? I need. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The, the facilities. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm a well hydrated man. So. Yeah. Well, we'll be right back then. <laughs> nice one. Right, we're back on it. Something we were talking about um, earlier in the week that I'd love to cover as well was your time in Australia. Yeah, so um, I was just thinking while I was urinating then and <laughs> my, my previous <laughs> comment about being a well-hydrated man. Um, obviously, we all know drinking water is important. Hydration is important. I'd like to share with you um, quite a poignant story, but with, with comedic elements to it as well. Um, so... Yeah, I spent a, a lot of time in Australia and I was in Darwin at the time of, of this current story. Uh, I was working uh, concrete and so construction on the RAF base in Darwin. It was a really cool job, to be fair, pouring a runway for, for fighter jets and that. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so initially when I started, I, I was doing the day shift, so 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, it was my first day and the, the boss was this Irish guy. And he'd taken a chance. I'll, I'll be honest, I blagged my way into the job a little bit. I didn't have a, a great deal of experience, but, you know, he was, in, he was impressed with me at the interview. I was showed willing and, and I got it. It was a very well-paid job. <coughs> Excuse me. So I turned up, you know, extremely enthusiastic because uh, it was a government job. You had to wear long trousers, long top, a jacket and a hard hat. And um, Darwin, if uh, for those of you who don't know, is extremely hot and extremely humid, like, 90 percent plus humidity 30 degrees so i was there at the tail end of their wet season so it's it's tropical you know uh, it's really hot um so i turned up in in all this clothing where i'd been previously in you know backpacking in flip-flops and shorts and a vest or, or shirtless to um yeah full of enthusiasm turned up for my first day in all this clothing in in the darwin heat sun beating down on me swinging sledgehammers around you know really trying to impressed this boss because I, I really wanted this job it would have allowed me to continue my travels and uh yeah i was grafting it was, it was going well i had a esky with me which is like uh it's like a five liter uh cooling thing so it keeps your water cool all day basically i had ice in there and i'd nailed that by like eight o'clock so two hours in i drank like five liters of water but i was just ringing wet with sweat um and boss kept checking on me how you doing and i was like yeah i'm good yeah full of enthusiasm yeah and <laughs> yeah swung the sledgehammer again and my arm cramped up and i was like oh. he's like you're right and i was like yeah just a little bit of cramp in my arm he's like oh just keep an eye on that swung it again and my entire back and all my abs everything cramped up full body cramped up i, I thought I'm in, I'm in trouble here um yeah collapsed um came back to um full body cramping excruciating pain in a pool of sick um my my boss threw me in the back of the ute and drove me back to my where I was staying I was in real trouble you know I couldn't speak to him I couldn't couldn't say anything entire body cramping any time I tried to move um so he said do you want to go to the hospital and I thought I'd like to but at the same time I'm a backpacker I'm short on money don't have travel insurance so take me home so um yeah managed to cool myself down a little bit and and got on the phone to my girlfriend who was who was at home 
I said, I, I need some uh, ice. I need some electrolytes. Um, so yeah, like, you know, there's tablets that you can put in your drinks and like basically a leucotate sport in a tablet form, you know, all magnesium, sodium, potassium, etc. all the things that you lose as well as water when you sweat. I, I was in real trouble, but I don't think she grasped the gravity of the situation from, from the phone call. Um, but she did it. Yeah. And I got back there and my boss and, and this big, uh, Maori guy from New Zealand, they, they carried me up the stairs to my room. I still couldn't walk with any, no cramps, being sick all, all up the stairs. Um, yeah, got into my room, uh, lay down on the bed, just excruciating pain. I was, you know, I was screaming. I'm a grown man. I'd like to think I've got a quite a high tolerance to pain, but it really, I wouldn't w wish it upon my worst enemy, that sort of experience. And bless her, my girlfriend, Johanna, I just met her as well, you know, two weeks into a relationship. And I thought, I'm going to have to shit in a bucket in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, there is no way that my legs full of cramp will allow me to go to the toilet. You know, it, it's going to have to be done. Um, yeah, that would do. <laughs> how, long, how long had you been in the bed when you decided? <laughs> that thought actually fleeted into my head pretty, pretty soon after, you know, because uh, I'd had a big breakfast that morning to prepare myself for, for physical work. And then I was lay there looking at a sweet and innocent face. And I tried to stand up to, to move around and loosen off the cramps a bit. And I just couldn't at all. And the toilet was, you know, probably a couple of yards away. I thought, I can't make it to there. If, if you know, if this sudden impulse comes on, I, I will have to shit in a bucket in <laughs> yeah. front of my, my new girlfriend. And Fuck's bless sake. her, she stood by me. She nursed me back to health. But probably three to four days after that, I started being able to walk again that long honestly mate it was really really knocked me for six like that i spoke to um the lady who was in charge of the accommodation we were staying at she she obviously seen it before you know this sort of thing she lived in darwin all her life she said you probably weren't a few steps away from kidney failure yeah really like if if i hadn't have replenished those electrolytes got water back in got my core body temperature down she said i was pretty close to hypothermia so you know, hypothermia is cold. Um, hyperthermia is, yeah, heat. And when your core body temperature rises to, to a dangerous level, she said, I wasn't far away from that. Um, she wanted to call, call the ambulance and stuff. But yeah, I, I kept insisting that, you know, that would have sort of crippled me financially. Or uh, I thought, I, I didn't really know that that was on the table, on the cards, you know, that sort of thing. I just thought, yeah, it's a bit of cramps. It will loosen off, hydrate myself, be ready to go tomorrow. But it really knocked me for six, mate. It was a very uh, humbling experience. Um, so yeah, the the things I take away from that: too much water can be a bad thing because you dilute your body's electrolytes. So I, you know, I nailed five liters of water within a couple of hours. That can't have done me any good. So so the general advice on that is, you know, eat fruits, um, a little tomato with a bit of salt on it, something, uh, and yeah, sip water sip electrolyte tablets dissolved in water but yeah that's uh i remember you telling me yeah. <laughs> i remember you telling me that story over facetime mm. when you were with johanna and you said obviously on the phone when you spoke to johanna originally she didn't realize the gravity of the situation i didn't realize until just now how how bad that actually was for you oh mate it was awful i remember you saying you had it heat stroke awful. um but I didn't realise you were in bed for like three or four days. Yeah, mate. It, and unable to walk and shit in a bucket. <laughs> I did, for, for the record, I did not shit in a bucket. Oh, you I didn't managed, do it? I managed to hobble my way over to the toilet and... 
and sit down <laughs> on the toilet. And, yeah, there was, it was excruciating, mate. Really, really uncomfortable experience no, for, I bet, for, yeah. for several days after. Um, yeah, it, it really, it really took me back. Um, but thankfully, my my boss um, was very understanding, being being an Irish fella, an expat. You know, he knew that as Brits or mo- nobody can is really acclimatized for for Darwin heat. It's savage. It's absolutely mm. savage. Um, so he put me on the night shift, six p.m. to six a.m. So I didn't have the sun beating down on me. It's still hot, still over thirty degrees. But you know, sorry, Apple Watch. Um, yes, it's not as relentless with the sun beating down on you on an open thing. And uh, yeah, I worked there for six, seven weeks until the contract was finished. Saved, saved a shitload of money and went off traveling again. Yeah, nice. Amazing. Yeah. Where did you go after that? So I was in Darwin for, for a while after that. I had another job after. Um, just wanted to save as much as possible. And this, this was in the, in the midst of COVID, COVID, you know. This was like April 2020 when, when the world was in lockdown and a lot of uncertain times, a lot of backpackers left. Um, I thought I'm, I'm going to ride it out. You know, I've been building myself up to Australia for a long time. It was something I, you know, I wanted to go with you guys when you went initially when we were 18. But again, the the train wreck years happened and, and I never got there. So it was a really big thing for me to get to Australia. I wasn't going to let a worldwide pandemic send me home. <laughs> so, so yeah, I stayed in Darwin for a while, um, worked a little more, had a, had a really cool experience. Um, worked out in an aboriginal community it was about a 10 hour drive from darwin and so like traditional um aboriginals you know they live out in their communities um yeah it's a it's a sore subject how the how the government deals with them they they you know they throw money at them build them infrastructure but from my experience they didn't want that you know we were going out there to build houses for them and you know they were knocking walls down they didn't they didn't want that that you know it's understandable the government are trying to make up for for the way they were historically treated but yeah um again met some lovely people out there um some experiences that probably not a lot of people have had you know you have to have permits to enter these these communities um like very strictly searched on the way in no alcohol nothing um so yeah that that was a really good experience then when i came back from that johanna had flown home to germany and you know, it was a tough time. Um, but I wanted to travel the East Coast and I wanted to dive the Great Barrier Reef. So I did a trip from Darwin to Brisbane. It took about a month or so um, on the road, yeah, with a group of people. And that was, yeah, that was really the highlight of, of the trip for me. Yeah, the yeah. travel from Darwin to Brisbane? Yeah, yeah. Did you go all the way over to Cairns and make your way down? Yeah, so we went <clears throat> Darwin to Cairns, which was which was an interesting journey. So I was in Darwin, um, put a message on one of the backpacker groups, uh, anybody going to Cairns would like to go. You know, so, sort of um, in Darwin, it, it's quite a, it's it's a great place, but it can also like wrap you in. I, I describe it similar to Evesham really. You can get sucked into the, <laughs> the lifestyle, you know. And there's a saying that they say in Darwin that, ah, oh, he's gone tropo, you know, like, you lose your head of it. it the heat and you know if you start putting a few beers into the equation you know it's people do go crazy there um but i'm not saying that that was happening but i was i found myself you know like drinking a lot and chilling and i thought all right let's go um put a message on the on the backpacker page anyone going to cairns and, and a lad replied uh, i hope he's not listening <laughs> but yeah so um 
we we met up we had a beer and we discussed travel plans now there's a road there's a highway that goes darwin to cairns we you could do it in on a good run you could do it in a day and a bit um he wanted to go the scenic route which i thought all right it might be interesting i'll be up for that so i booked my um diving course in cairns for because we discussed how long we thought it was going to take us and um so i booked my diving course for eight days after we had that beer and we were hitting the road early doors the next morning um so yeah scenic route i thought yeah there, there might be some cool stuff along the way um it sort of took took the lead but you know there's only so many rocks at the side of the road that you can stop and look at <laughs> i'll be honest it's not like it's not the most beautiful part like there are some national parks and there are some cool places you know, like creek crossings that are um full of crocs and stuff which is pretty cool to see uh however yeah largely red dirt and shit roads uh we broke down more times than i than i care to even try and remember so we had one spare tire punctured after about 100 kilometers of the journey so then we had to we, we must have changed the tire about five or six times and the first time the guy didn't know how to change the tire so i had to do it myself in in the blistering <laughs> heat on his car and um yeah i wasn't wasn't best pleased about that but then the next time i said look watch and help yeah uh, but yeah <laughs> we didn't we even did... try and help no offer no, a hand no what a dickhead yeah <laughs> <laughs> But, and you're um, what, 10 days in? No, no. No, so yeah, this, this was the first day, mate, you know. Yeah. So initially, it, w it was really fun, you know, we were chatting. It was it's quite novel um, from two completely different um, cultures. You know, we had a lot to talk about and we, we found some common ground. We were having some great chats, some good music. And, um, but yeah, then the tyre broke and I, I changed it by myself and I was, I was a little bit rattled by this, but didn't let it set the tone for the rest of the trip. It was only when you know, there was an option to get back onto the highway three days in. And we'd been going through, I'm talking not even roads, like rocks, like, you know, really just dirt. Yeah. Just dirt. And they didn't have a high clearance four by four. It was, you know, it was a low, low car. Um, and yeah, we were just breaking down tires, puncturing every day. And we had a chance to get on the highway. And I was thinking I've booked on for the experience of a lifetime. It, it's looming ever closer like a couple day trip on the great barrier reef diving i'm not gonna make it you know i mm. paid for it as well and i said come on let's just get on the highway and get there no 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 see this see this and i was like yeah just growing a bit impatient and yeah broke down a couple more times uh you, you didn't turn to the highway and no it. no we didn't no um we crashed once as well we hit a kangaroo yeah like oh. just just a catalogue of errors um but yeah we, we got to cairns in the end um ha had a few drinks together shared shared a few experience and then that that was it I, I, yeah on, on our on our separate paths did you manage to get your money back for the experience in cairns or this the diving i i made it oh you made, made it in it, time that which is the good thing yeah so yeah. so we we got there in time um eventually towards the tail end of the trip we were like so we had a target of how many kilometers we wanted to cover in a day towards the tail end you know like he would fall asleep in the passenger seat and i'd just plow on mate i'd just be you know <laughs> pedal to the metal just getting making as much ground i was just thinking I've, I've got to go and sort of the crux of this this story we as we started getting back into civilization you know it, it there was some some small towns and villages and whatnot and there was a a gem museum in one town 
and he he wanted to make a hundred kilometer detour to go to this this gem museum. I said, "Come on, mate!" No, like, yeah. <laughs> not, like I said, "Come on!" <laughs> it was gonna really throw us off our path, you know. Hundred k's there, hundred k's back for for a gem museum, and we ended up going there. Oh, uh, uh, mate! It was the the actual like exhibit was probably three or four of this table, with um, a selection of of gems picked up by. Merle and Earl from down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm fuming about that. So I got back in the car and just hammered it. This was on sealed roads now. You were driving at this point. Oh, yeah. I just hammered it to Cairns, mate. (laughs) I got there. Yeah, did diving. What an experience, yeah. Wish I had a GoPro at the time, but um, yeah. I could just imagine you 100 kilometers. (laughs) (laughs) Foot to the floor. Yeah. Not talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah no I feel like you know in in other circumstances if there wasn't that time constraint I might have been a, a little bit more open to the idea but at this point I just had tunnel vision I wanted to get to Ken yeah. <laughs> he's done it again <laughs> he's done it again um yeah I, I just wanted to get to Cairns and a gem museum wasn't wasn't I didn't think it'd be up to much you know like if it was like a natural history museum in London kind of standard I'd have I'd have thought about it but we saw we saw the Google reviews and it didn't look like it was up to much, but he insisted. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Did he like it at least? He enjoyed himself. He had a great time, yeah. <laughs> I was so he didn't leave on rock. best terms with this guy? Or he did? Not, no, not even. I'm making it out to be like the, the road trip from hell, but it was, we had a lot of laughs and a lot of, yeah. lot of fun. And you no, know, we left very amicably, yeah, but it's just, it, it makes for, for a good story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But no, we, we we left very amicably, but we just, just weren't compatible. We weren't you know. Yeah. That's what happens when you when you ride share with somebody, you know, you don't know you could get your best power, you could get you know, somebody from uh Wolf Creek or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You could get a psychopath, but I just got know. a guy who who really nice guy who wasn't extremely compatible to myself. Um but yeah, we we made it. Nice. Yeah. You made it so you a qualified diver now is that what i was no the no 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 it was it was an introduction course so it was two days um like if i w- were to continue like it's paddy recognized that, that i did those um but no definitely not qualified diver um but yeah it i think it goes towards your if you, if you wanted to do like diving things it, it would count as a as a dive so mm. i think you need so many dives on your, on your thing to be able to it wasn't a paddy you're diving paddy one no no it wasn't like a wreck it was an introduction like so a couple of dives yeah nice yeah out in um the great barrier reef which is obviously deteriorating very quickly yeah yeah so you went just did you go thinking oh i won't mind getting into this or did you go just for the experience it you know it's something that you see on um all the nature shows uh, great barrier reef it's like one of the wonders of the world it's it's beautiful and 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 the fact that it is deteriorating, I thought, while I'm over this neck of the woods, you know, it's not somewhere that you go often, you know, yeah. to Australia, I thought, I've, I've got to do it. Um, and I, I did try to, well, I, I did a dive before in Thailand a few years ago, and I didn't enjoy it. it this was in the, in the train wreck years, and I couldn't, couldn't focus my mind to comprehend that I was able to breathe underwater. Really got very panicky, uh, didn't enjoy it at all. But I thought, I'm going to give it another shot. And yeah, everyone, you know, read up about it and everyone's saying it, it's the most calming thing you can do. You know, just legs going like a scissoring motion, fish swimming all around you. And it was, it was magical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really nice. 
Yeah, nice. Well, I think I'll bring it to a little end now. Yeah. Um, what was your Instagram again? Adriano.bodyandmind. Well, everyone make sure to give that a follow. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. Thanks for having it. me, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. No worries at all. Thanks again, George. No worries, mate. Cheers, George. All right, and thanks, Cheers, everyone, Ed. for listening. I'll see you all later.